from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. It's Locked On Chiefs. Here's a Friday edition that isn't red because the Chiefs have the week off, but we do not. I'm here with Chris Clark from Chiefs Digest, and he is uh, a bit under the weather still. We're pumping him full of rope dust and whatever else we can find, but how you hanging, man? I'm here. Uh, I'm going to try to sound a little bit better than I did yesterday, so I apologize for all that, guys. Um, but uh, yeah, we do have a little bit to talk about today. Yeah, some cool stuff. I'm Ryan from RGR Football as well as Rogue Analytics. And big thing to me is, despite missing a few games, um, quite frankly, playing his worst game of the season against the Chargers, Patrick Mahomes is number two in the quarterback voting for the Pro Bowl. And I find that both encouraging from a, a fan standpoint, and I feel that it's kind of being overlooked on the other side from national analysts about him still being in the MVP race. Um, has What has changed for you? Nothing's really changed for me. I think he is being overlooked, and I think in some senses he's being uh, taken for granted just because of who he is and, and what he's capable of. Um, I do think that by the end of the season, I think that he will have numbers that will rival anybody else's. So I, I fully expect that he's going to end up having you know a couple of 400-yard games that get him right back into contention for MVP. That's kind of how I feel as well. It's kind of that rare case where I feel like the fandom is right on and they're kind of leading the charge about what's what's legitimate versus the national paid talking heads that I quite frankly, I think took a couple of weeks off because the run up to the Chargers game in, in Mexico City was was not on par. A lot of overlooked details, a lot of national people, uh, <clears throat> Ray Lewis, sorry. Uh, just not seeing things correctly the way that they actually happen on the field. And I feel he's washed up in a little bit of the Lamar Jackson hype as well. There's definitely plenty of that going around. Uh, and I'm not trying to say Lamar Jackson has not a fantastic year because he has. Um, and I do think it's a, a kind of funny that Mahomes is losing some of his MVP hype, I guess, if you want to call it that. Uh, because Matt Moore came in and won against the Vikings. I think that's a little short-sighted, to be honest. I'm with you. And I'll tell you this. I'm not trying to take anything away from Lamar Jackson, because I do think right now he's up there with with Russ. And I think Pat is just a touch behind the two of them, because I think what Lamar Jackson has shown is he is that kind of transcendent athlete who's now putting it together both in the passing game and using his legs. And quite frankly, I don't know that you take you take Pat away from this team. You still have skill players. Um, I think more kind of showed that that you can still get can eat games out. You take Lamar Jackson away from Baltimore, and they go on a losing streak. As far as I'm concerned, absolutely, and I think Seattle would as well. Um, so you know, it really depends on what your definition of an MVP is, and and what makes a person an MVP. I, I think that. You know, you look at Patrick Mahomes, he's missed, what, two and a half games, basically? Mm -hmm. And he's still fourth in yardage in in the NFL. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, that says a lot. And and I'm convinced, after watching the film, and I did spend more time on the defense than I did on the offense this week, but I am still convinced that uh, he just wasn't 100% right, feeling right that night uh, in Mexico City. And I don't know if it was the... The smog or the altitude or or the travel or whatever it was, but 
Um, we talked a little bit about that one scramble that I felt he looked a little bit iffy on, um, maybe not 100%. But just in general, I felt like he was a little bit off of his game in that particular stadium, in that particular city. Uh, and I'm not going to hold it against him. I expect a big bounce back in the coming weeks. I do, too. Uh, you know, one of the things and I almost hate mentioning this because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of blowback from it, but I think it's worth mentioning and something that starts needs to start being talked about is, you know, he is a fantastic quarterback. He plays well. Uh, he usually um, plays well enough to win in most situations, but he hasn't been great in primetime games. And that's a question mark right now. I hate yeah, to admit well, it. He's 24 years old. You know, I'm not going to. I'm not going to worry about it too much until it costs him a playoff game, to tell you the truth. But I can see that what you're saying, that there is a bit of a trend there. And I think as much as he's grown and as much as we've jumped from rookie playing behind Alex Smith to MVP all-world candidate, um, there, there's still some some details left behind there. And some of that, I think, is nurse. I think we still see games, even not in primetime, where he comes out overhyped and balls go high just because he's a little fired up. And I would agree with that. I think that's part of it. I think that he needs to get to a point where he's the same player every game when it starts. And I, I do think that there is a little bit of uh, extra energy at times. It, <coughs> excuse me, I get it, but um, that's something that he's going to have to work past. What I will say, and this is the key for me, is that he is still, the, in my opinion, probably the best quarterback in football. And he is definitely top three, uh, regardless of anybody else's opinion in my mind. Yeah, I'm I'm completely with you there. Now, he's not the only guy on this football team. We'll be back in a minute. We're going to talk about a couple of changes going on. If you found 100 on the street, would you pick it up or would you keep walking? Of course, you take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay you when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing if you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code locked on to activate the offer. That's promo code locked on. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. Now, on Thursday, a move was made, um, and I know you don't like it, Chris, I'm sure, um, but they did decide to kind of change for the away from the hybrid that they have in Joey Ivy and go get a true end in, um, I'm going to massacre his name, but it's Harris, a guy that's been on the practice squad uh, in Baltimore. And it's an addition that I think gives you a better rotation specifically. Uh, Damone is what I'm going to call him because I haven't heard anybody say his name yet. That's actually correct. So, um, But he gives you that kind of actual edge. He's a little bit quicker. Uh, I feel like from the film that I saw preseason, I think he was with Tampa Bay. Um, looks like he's got a, a lot more twitch than, say, Ivy does. And I think they've established that they have an interior rotation. But how do you feel about the pickup and losing your guy Ivy, at least for the moment? I do think it's a little funny because you keep calling Ivy my guy. I do like Joey Ivy, and I think he's going to be somebody that's going to be in Kansas City's plans moving forward. Um, I do think that this was a move made saying, okay, well, we can get Joey Ivy back on the practice squad. It's not like he's going to be going anywhere. But they had to bring in a defensive end. 
that's the reality of the situation. You can't go with only two defensive ends the rest of the year. Uh, and who knows when Alex Okafor is going to be back, and you hope that's going to be this next game against the Raiders, but that's still up in the air. Yeah, I, I'm hoping that as well, but a little depth and there. It made sense. Well, I, I just going to say it made sense to make the move now because he can come in and he can start learning the system on the bye week. He can uh, start getting acclimated to the Chiefs, and they obviously didn't have somebody on their practice squad that they felt was going to be able to come in and contribute uh, to this team this this season at defensive end. So they went this direction, and, you know, so be it. I get why it was Ivy. I'll, I'm still a little surprised that it wasn't Garrett Dieter just because I think that they have a lot of wide receivers up. Uh, but, you know, I get it. Well, one way or the other, I think they're they're making that decision based on what they've come around to hearing. I wish... I wish Spags would listen to the show a little bit more because we told you a couple of weeks ago that uh, you have to have Pinnell on that field, period. Every game going out, I don't care if you call him a starter or a backup or whatever it is, but between him, Naughty, Saunders, there's your run stop. They have to play significant snaps. And I have, I have some data coming uh, early next week now where I have some graphics for you guys that will show you just what the difference is. And Chris Jones is a defensive tackle by trade, right? So you get into passing downs versus running downs and that kind of rotation. There's a good four guys and maybe even five if you include Passigno, although he landed predominantly at end uh, this last week, be out of this same necessity. But you have four or five guys you can rotate a tackle for two spots. You have to have more guys that are designated and, and more comfortable and more productive out at the end spot. Absolutely. And that's exactly what this guy is going to be. I don't know that... He's going to be dressed for the Oakland game. He may not even be dressed for the Patriots game, but they need the depth there. Um, so it, it made sense. Uh, they had too many defensive tackles, and you have that many defensive tackles because you're dealing with injuries with Chris Jones. At this point, Chris Jones is healthy. So you bring back or you bring in a guy that is a D end, and you give a rotation back to the D end pool. Uh, and I still think Chris Jones is going to get some DN snaps because I think that they like what they saw there. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really helped with stopping the run at times. So I do think that that's going to be something that maybe continues past when Okafor comes back is just a different kind of look uh, because I think it really gives you a, an edge at times, especially against the run. And the thing that I noticed is they had a drop off in how much man coverage they played against the chargers. And that comes back to the concept of, Playing the zone, you need more guys in coverage. You need to be able to get home with your front four. And you still have to have the bulk to stop the draws, which Pinnell and Nadi in particular, but Saunders as well, they all played the draws very, very well against the Chargers. And that's the key, is being able to rush enough with your front four, but still not being susceptible to the run blatantly when there's only four guys paying attention to it. So I, I think that that balance comes from, especially against... Uh, teams like the Raiders, they're going to have Josh Jacobs. It's a little bit more of a bruiser. I can see the need to have Chris Jones at end a little bit more than that tackle and have just a bigger, you know, a, a higher total weight on that front four against somebody like that versus, you know, a scat back type team. No, I, I definitely agree with that. And I also will say that, you know, you get into these November, December games and, and really can't say he's not playing again until December. So it's going to be December games. <clears throat> Regardless of whether or not we want to, uh, running the ball is going to become more of something that, that more teams are going to do. Uh, Oakland's going to run the ball because they have Josh Jacobs. I think 
New England's going to have to run the ball out of necessity as well because their offense did not look good against Philadelphia. No. Uh, big question marks on what caused that. And I'm not saying that Tom Brady's done. I, I, I don't want to go there. But I do think that uh, he struggled in that game and New England's scheme struggled in that game. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they come back over the next two weeks before they play Kansas City. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's going to be really key, especially this week. They had, the Patriots have the Cowboys. Um, like you said, they didn't look particularly great against the Eagles. They only scored 17 points. Now I'm not and real quick on real quick on them playing the, the Cowboys. Uh, a stat I saw, I just want to throw this out there. Dak is undefeated against number one defenses. So yeah. rock and roll more power to you. I'll, I'll wear the star for you this week. Um, yeah, I just, well, I just thought it was interesting. So we'll see how that shakes out, out this week. Yeah, I certainly hope so. And <clears throat> what I was going to say is that um, this is a one game chiefs resurgence against a, a quarterback. Well, against a chargers team that was led by a quarterback that gave the ball up four times. So I can't say that they are, fixed i can't say honestly i think their best game of the year was minnesota um so far at least as a total defense but this one is rivaling it because of the the turnover production if they can get a blend of that and put that kind of performance on going forward these next two games i think that defense is as good as what we saw the philadelphia eagles do last week and the offense is better so this is just reaffirming to me that there is no reason on this green earth that this Chiefs team cannot beat the Patriots in two weeks, three weeks, whatever it is, because it's there. It's just a matter of which team shows up. I agree with that, and I do think that it's going to be a big game for Kansas City, and and you know that goes back to kind of what we talked about in the open. And my big question is, you know, can Patrick Mahomes get to a point where he is the same QB every time? Because <clears throat> If you're being fair and you're being honest about the last time they played the Patriots uh, in the in the regular season, Patrick Mahomes missed throws he never misses. He overthrew Kareem Hunt on a touchdown that he should have just he could do in his sleep, and he's consistently been that way when it comes to big preseason or big games. And I'm not trying to be critical, but that is one area that he is going to need to get better at for this team to be able to take steps forward. And I'm not saying he's the reason that they haven't been doing well. That's not at all what I'm saying. I'm just saying that is one of the things he needs to get better at and he needs to work on. If he can be the same guy and, you know, hit all the throws that you hit in your sleep on a regular basis, then you, you know, that one single play cost Kansas city four points at the end of the game because they ended up kicking a field goal. And yeah, it's really hard to say that that changes the outcome of the game. But when you look at the final score, four points puts them in the win column. That's fair. And, you know, I have a couple of ideas about that. And how about get ready for this, these two coming games. When we come back in a minute, we'll, we'll start into that and see where we can push our idea about Matt Mahomes. Or unless I say his name incorrectly, Pat Mahomes. Um, <laughs> a, a lot has been made of this 182 yard outing against the Chargers. Um, and yes, the Chargers have some good DBs, but more importantly, it's the absence of Hill. And you can, I, I'm, I like what Sammy does. I, I love the way he plays strong. We, we were all seeing Nicole Hardman come on like we talked about yesterday. But the simple fact of the matter is, in man coverage, Tyreek Hill is the guy on this team that gets loose the easiest. And without him, 
And with a physical team that was playing coverage over the top, this was something where they were doing their best to take away the other two guys in Hardman and Watkins. So I feel like what they did, the yardage total came down because they took the underneath routes, because they took what was available. And I feel like against the Patriots in particular, but against the Raiders as well, in order to get that rhythm, to get that production just going, even though they're not huge chunks, I think that's the way they ought to start that game, That especially in the script. It should be look to take whatever is there, even if it is the underneath, in order to get completions and get rolling, and then look to take your shots. I can understand where you're going with that. I don't know that I necessarily agree with it. What I will say, though, is watching that game against the Chargers, it was pretty clear to me that Mahomes really had a mindset shift during the game. Uh, He was going downfield early and often and then shifted to a situation where he barely went downfield at all. And then he started missing the easy throws that he always hits. So it's really hard to know exactly what was going on in that situation. I do think that he, after that interception, he decided not to take the chances. Um, But that's not the way he's really been very good, and and that's not the way he plays in the game. So eventually you you know that you're going to get that gunslinger mentality coming back, and and you hope that that comes out against Oakland uh, here in a couple or here in about a week and a half. I have to agree. And, and Oakland's been making plays in their secondary as well. Um, they've gotten a lot of pass rush lately out of Max Crosby. Um, even Pharrell's been coming on. So um, what people were riding good. Mike Mayock at the beginning of the season is now starting to pay off because the rookies at defensive end are starting to produce. And so while I feel that the Chiefs handled them very handily the first time, uh, I think that this Raiders team is more formidable now. And I'm glad you bring up the pass rush because I think, I think that's going to be key for Kansas City to slow down Oakland's defense. Uh, Eric Fisher did not play a good game against the Chargers, but it's hard to really fault him first game back after not playing for nine weeks uh, and expect him to come out and play at a very good level. Um, that's just going to be a very hard ask, especially in, a, in an altitude environment where you're going to get worn out even quicker than normal. Um, and you know, he's an Iron Man type guy. He plays every single snap, just like all the offensive linemen try to do. Uh, so you're not going to get a rest and you're going to have DNs that they're trying to keep as fresh as they possibly can to come at you late in the game. So, you know, I do think it's a conditioning thing with him and, and he's going to get there. It's just a matter of getting the reps back in. And I, I think that he'll be much better against Oakland than he was against the Chargers. I have to agree with you there. And it, it's partially. Um, I don't know if Paul Gunther's apt to do this or not, but I'm, I worry a little bit that they're going to take a, a page from the, the Chargers playbook and put both their pass rushers on one side because that seemed to be more effective against the Chiefs in Mexico City than I expected it to be. And that is, I think, partially why Fisher had the game that he had. And I agree with you. I think that's rust, and I think that will improve dramatically with uh, another another game under his belt. But um, they have to be paying attention to that. And that brings me back to, again, if they're going to play anything more than a four-man rush and there's holes and that Mahomes has to be able to take care of them, take them for what they have initially right away and get that quick pass game going until they can work in uh, more play action. And I got a great question the other night on the RGR Q&A. Um, those are live on Monday nights usually, folks, and we did it Tuesday this time. And a lot of questions about what Darwin Thompson's role should be this coming week with um, Damian out and LaShawn in kind of limbo right now. I haven't had an update on him yet. And 
I guess first, how do you feel about Daryl as the starter? And do you think that they can establish enough to help Mahomes there with, with some play action shots, trying to run for what is probably less yardage uh, with Daryl and Darwin? Well, I personally think that Shady is going to be back. Uh, Daryl Williams, or sorry, Damien Williams, uh, maybe a couple of weeks with the rib injury, but I, I personally think that Shady is going to be back. I think he'll be the starter. Um, I really like Daryl on the third down roll, so I really don't want to see that change. Uh, I'm really interested to see if it does change and Shady is not able to play and Damien Williams is not able to play. Uh, that only leaves you two healthy running backs. I'm going to wonder what they're going to do in that position. Uh, do you, you know, play McCall Hardman from a couple of snaps at running back? Do you get Sammy Watkins or Tyree Kill back there for a couple of snaps uh, and really mix it up because all of those guys have lined up there uh, and not really taken handoffs necessarily, but they all could do that. Um, so I, I think that could be very intriguing to see how they kind of go about that. The big question I have on, you know, Daryl Williams is if he becomes a starter, how do you shift your third down responsibilities around? Because to me, he is the guy that they trust to be the, the basically the personal protector for Patrick on third down. Right. Yeah. And how do you give him a rest without putting that's Mahomes it. in danger. Right. And, and no offense to Darwin Thompson, but he doesn't have the body to really be that type of guy. So who does? It's going to be interesting to see how that. <laughs> Sherman third down all day long. Why not? There's a wheel waiting to happen somewhere. Well, and maybe they end up going that direction. I mean, I, I would. It wouldn't shock me that they go that direction, especially in a game against Oakland. If you have all of your wide receivers healthy, uh, you can go with only two running backs and use Sherman as your third down back. Uh, he's not going to give you a ton of stuff out of the backfield that you know Daryl necessarily could, but he's going to be able to get in the person's way and he's, and he's a reliable blocker. So he could definitely play that type of role. Uh, you don't want to really have him as a release and a swing pass type person, but uh, he can do that type of thing as well. So, you know, that wouldn't shock me. Uh, and for a game, if they think, you know, those two guys are going to be out in McCoy and, and Damian Williams, maybe that's the direction they go. Maybe. I'm also intrigued to see, like you said, with the health of the receivers, they finally have they have the six guys that we thought they were going to have in training camp. Finally, at the at week twelve, with Hill, Watkins, Robinson, Hardman, um, Pringle, and Dieter. That was my projection back in the day, and now it's happening. And Dieter actually got like three snaps after coming off the practice squad cold after I don't even know how many weeks he was on there. But if if Hill's still out, and I know that's a long shot, it looks like he's going to be all right. But if he's out. How do you propose they adjust to try to get more more play out of that passing game? That's a big question. Uh, if Hill is out, that really changes the dynamic of what this offense is going to be able to do. Um, I do think that if he's out, you need to specifically game plan for Sammy Watkins and McCall Hardman have a big game. Um, I'm not really sure how you game plan to have Demarcus Robinson have a good game or have a big game. Um, although he really came up big against the Raiders in the previous time that they played him this year. So maybe that's a, a matchup that will be good for him. Uh, but he just hasn't been the same since. So it's really hard to know what you're going to get from him. I'll be interested to see what happens. And folks, if you want to see more of these plays, make sure you check out RGR football. My game film re- review is up. So check that out. We're going to be back with you all next week. We're going to cover all the bases, whatever we know when they start practicing. And we'll be right back into it. So 
Get prepared. The Raiders are on the table. Enjoy an extra couple of days off, and we will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to us today. We'll talk to you on Monday. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.